Years before their appearance, Jules Verne foretold the submarine, the balloon, the airplane, the telephone, the long-range projectile, and many other inventions. But perhaps his greatest writing achievement was the complex but very human character of Captain Nemo. In this man, we glimpse Homer's Ulysses, Shakespeare's Hamlet, and ourselves, our dreams, our disillusionments, above all, our instinctive yearning for good. These are the things that make Captain Nemo and his great adventure timeless. And so it is with pride and pleasure that the Shortwave Radio Theater Camp on 101.9 FM CFRC presents Jules Verne, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. My name is Pierre Aronnax. I'm an assistant professor in the Museum of Natural History in Paris. The year is 1866. Delving into the unknown, as I do, there's little that surprises me, and yet, today, in this modern life, unbelievable newspaper headlines shock the world. Extra, extra, a steamer attacked by a sea serpent, read all about it. Extra, extra, another ship attack, navy to sea monster, extra, 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 extra. I was in my New York apartment at the conclusion of my most recent scientific tour, and I'd planned to return to Paris with my valuable collection of specimens when... Professor Aronnax? Yes, Conseil? What is it? Professor Farragut of the United States Navy wants to see you. Commander Farragut? Professor Aronnax, this is a great pleasure. Well, believe me, Commander Farragut, I... The feeling is mutual, in fact. I'm somewhat overcome. To have a man of your reputation seek out an obscure professor, I mean, it's quite the contrary, sir. My government would like to see France represented in the expedition in search of the sea monster. You mean, you wish- I'm holding a cabin at your disposal, on the President Lincoln, sir. We leave Brooklyn Pier in three hours. And so with Commander Farragut's invitation, Professor Aronnax joins an expedition in search of the mysterious sea monster that has been attacking ships. Honored by the offer, he sets sail with the U.S. Navy and the stage is set for an adventurous journey into the unknown. You have a fine ship, Commander. Yes, we're well armed, Professor. Yes, uh, didn't I see a breech-loading cannon in the top of your foxhole? You did, sir. But my best weapon of all, Professor, is Ned Land. Huh? Oh, Ned, come over here if you please. Aye, aye, Commander Farragut. At your service, sir. Professor Annax, Ned is known all over the seven seas as a prince of harpooners. If and when we track down the sea monster, he'll show you some real action. You have a real test for your talents, Mr. Land. It's a fabulous beast indeed that can stove in the side of a ship. Begging your pardon, Professor? If there should be a sea monster that big, that mighty, then Ned Land wants to be the man to harpoon it. That's the way our voyage began. A strong ship, hand-picked men, and a vast curiosity and determination to end this terror of the seas. On and on we went, past the Marquises, the Sandwich Islands, across the Tropic of Cancer, and headed for the Four Seas. And then... Ahoy there! The very thing we're looking for, on our weather beam, the sea monster! Yeah! Woo! We got it! I can't harpoon it, sir. The monster's running circles around us. We can't get near enough for me to use my harpoon. Right the helm, ahead as you are! It's no use, Commander. 
the monster's going twice as fast as we are. I know it, sir. There's only one thing left to do. Stand and fight. Up to the foxhole. Cannon men! The foxhole gun was loaded and slewed into position. The President Lincoln was running at half speed now, and the sea monster seemed content to follow us at a certain distance, as though mocking us. The gunner, steady of eye, brave of face, took a long and careful aim, and then fire! Watch out, sir. The monster's closing in on us. That shot made him mad. He's gonna ram us. Professor Aronax, he's going overboard, and so has Nun Land. As the sea adventure unfolds, Professor Aronax and his companions find themselves seemingly face to face with the elusive sea monster they sought to discover. However, their encounter takes a dramatic turn when they end up not within the jaws of some large and notable creature, but in the custody of something or someone far more mysterious. I trust that the state of your health is improving, Professor Aranax. Ugh, where, where am I? Aboard my submarine, the Nautilus. Submarine? Who, who are you? You may address me as Captain Nemo, Mr. Lines. Captain? Submarine? Then you're- I am your sea monster, oh Prince of Harpooners. Captain? How do you know so much about us? You told me, Professor. You were somewhat delirious for a while. Thus, I learned all about yourself, your servant Conscience, and, uh, Ned Land. I also know that you are from the frigate President Lincoln, which deliberately invaded my privacy, attacked me. You are prisoners of war. By rights, I should place you back on deck and submerge forgetting your existence. You wouldn't dare! That wouldn't be civilized! I am not what you so glibly call a civilized man, Professor Aranax. Then... then what is to be our fate, Captain Nemo? I'm not altogether heartless. I do have a certain sense of pity for any living thing. But of course you must live under my law. Give your word to cause no trouble and don't try to escape. Stay with you? For how long? For the rest of your life, Mr. Lend. Do you know what you ask, Captain? Are we never to see our country again? Our friends? Our families? You'll see far more fascinating country underwater. Renouncing the world is not so painful as you think. You're simply offering us the choice between life and death. Just that. Then we... We have no choice. Captain Nemo, we will abide by your wishes. It won't be as bad as you think, gentlemen. You, Professor, will find your own published works in my library, and I will show you marvels under sea that even you haven't dreamed of. You will live in the best of quarters. You will enjoy the finest foods. Yes, but without freedom. There's always a price, sir. Be glad that yours is no higher.
the days aboard the Nautilus moved past, the line between the captor and the captive blurred, and Professor Aranax and his companions find themselves immersed in a world that they could have never imagined. A journey that began with fear and uncertainty was now evolving into something far more complex, and with each passing moment they were led deeper into the mystery of the Nautilus. We were fed, housed in comfortable quarters, and we slept. But little did I dream of the wonders that tomorrow would bring. Right after breakfast, Ned and Kansai were taken to their permanent quarters, while I was escorted to the luxurious suite adjoining the quarters of Captain Nemo himself. As I stared around me in amazement, I heard the strains of a pipe organ in the next room, and venturing in. I found myself in a magnificent drawing room and the captain at the keyboard of an organ. Good morning, Professor Aranax. You seem somewhat surprised to learn that I practice the arts as well as the sciences. I must confess, Captain Nemo, I scarcely expected to find you a musician of such inspired music. Inspired? I see, too, that you have priceless works of art on the walls. I see that the professor of natural history has not neglected his cultural training. Even a museum professor can have taste, sir, and a zest for life, and appreciation for beauty. I like you, Professor Aranax. I like courage and equipment. You... you have no answer for this turn of events? I must admit, I don't know what to say. Then say nothing, but watch instead. I have another wonder to show you. I go over here to press a lever. Great heavens, the whole side of the submarine is sliding back. We're, we're doomed. Do not fear, sir. We are protected from the sea by several layers of heavy glass. Behold, behold the army of the sea, professor. The fish seem to float in liquid light, do they not? It's unbelievable. But true, the banded mallet, the beautiful mackerel, all sewn by the hand of him who created all living things. Him? Then, then you... Believing God. Look out there, my dear professor, in the face of such water, wonders. How could I possibly not believe in such a deity? But I, I, I don't understand. You gave up the world. Merely because I forsook man does not mean I forsook God. In the sea, I sense the weaving of creation on every hand. But with this philosophy, how could you forget man? How and why? Why? Why does mankind which has forgotten not I? They've forgotten God by making unjust laws, tearing one another to pieces, destroying... Professor, you and your friend shall accompany me on my next hunting expedition. Professor Aranax continued to find himself captivated by the wonders of the underwater world, awestruck by Captain Nemo's affinity for music and art, and intrigued by the mysterious captain's beliefs and philosophies. As the submarine glided gracefully through the ocean depths, a new chapter of exploration and discovery was abound. If you'll kindly don these as your diving suits and weighted boots, we'll soon be off on the hunt. Hunt in diving suits? Captain Nemo has promised undream wonders, Ned. I can believe that, sir. 
Ah, we've now arrived at the forest of the lost island of Crespa, gentlemen. You, have your suits on? Now please put the helmets in place. I'm about to close the waterproof door. We were in utter darkness. The apparatus began operating as our helmets were fixed firmly in place, and I breathed with ease. Now, I was about to step onto a completely new element in the sinister unknown, led by a man who, for all I knew, was mad. A second door located on the outer shore of the Nautilus slid back, and then in another moment, I treaded the floor of the ocean. Oh, my dear friends, how can I describe the sight that met my eyes? A fantastic dream? No, more like an emotion. Yes, an emotion, that's it. I moved through unbelievable beauty, no longer feeling the drag of my clothing and weighted shoes. The water acted like a prism for the early morning sun, so that we walked in the radiance of seven solar colors. I could see the silver sand shimmering away in a distance of, of 150 yards and dotted with star shells, flowers and rocks and shells and pulpy of every shade and formation. What? What if my colleagues could see me now? They wouldn't believe it, no. We're approaching the old Spanish galleon, but here, friends, look, look as I open this gigantic chest. There, look, gold, plenty of it, sparkling, glinting in cold salt water, my eternal bank. I fill the small chest we brought along, and now, my dear professor, we'll go to my pearl beds. Captain, all these riches we saw today, you can only use so much. What good is the rest, unless you help your fellow man? Professor Aranax, you are my guest, an onlooker. I do not desire your advice. Uh, but it seems like such a waste, sir, with so much need in the world. Enough! Yes, there is need. I am and ever shall be one with misfortune. Oh, Captain, look out there! A diver! He's looking at us! Oh yes, we're near shore. But, but what does he want? You asked a question, Professor shall have your answer. And even as I watched, a crew member in a diving suit appeared outside the window and gave the native diver a small treasure chest taken from the Spanish galleon. The swimmer returned to the window, humbly saluted Captain Nemo, returned the gesture, and then the diver darted upwards with his treasure. I turned and looked at Nemo. What more do you want of me, Professor Aranax? A confession written in heart's blood that though I hate the world, I love my fellow man? I couldn't answer him. If ever I saw tragedy burn across a man's face, I saw it in Nemo's. I could now understand his bitter philosophy, his moods blowing hot and cold, like, like destroying searing winds. And then a week later, Ned, Kansai, and I saw another side of Nemo's nature. He had sighted the mysterious man of war. The ship fired at us. They're firing at us. Let me have that periscope. Stand back, Mr. Land. The ship of man. You recognize me, don't you? You fear me. Now, my vengeance. Torpedo one, fire! No! Captain, no! They won't have a chance! The man of war seemed to disintegrate. Captain Nemo watched it sink. An archangel of hatred. Then he turned and entered his quarters. I followed him as though hypnotized. I saw him uncover a picture on a far wall. A portrait of a young woman and two beautiful children. Before this little group, Nemo spread out his arms, and then... Almighty God! Enough! Enough!
As the chaotic event struck, Professor Aranax found himself grappling with the complex nature of his captor and host. The encounter with the Manowar brought out a darker side of Nemo, revealing his depths of anger and vengeance, the likes of which professor, the professor could not grasp beyond more whispers of the tragic past. With Nemo's inner turmoil reaching its peak, the fate of the Nautilus, her passengers, and her mysterious captain remained uncertain. In the midst of this all, the, this journey was about to take an unexpected turn, as Ned Land had quickly tired of their continued confinement below the waves. After that catastrophic occurrence, the Nautilus moved on more and more of a dream world. And then... Ned came to me with his plan. We're escaping tonight, Professor. Escape? Are we in sight of land? Hey, just take a look. There's a hill 20 miles to the east of us. 20 miles? It might as well be 200. You know very well that I am not a swimmer, Ned. You're half the swim, sir. We'll take the small boat, okay? We'll meet at 10 tonight. Oh, heaven knows I'm with you, Ned. Lay your plans. I'll meet you at 10. I went to my quarters, dressed in my stoutest sea garment, collected my notes, and settled down to await the appointed time. And then, music, from a tormented soul, longing to break its earthly bonds. Such music as could only come from Captain Nemo himself. And then my heart froze in terror, the very room I must cross in order to make my escape. I made my way to the drawing room. The room was in a greenish half-light. Nemo sat before the pipe organ, playing as though music was his last avenue of expression in life. I held my breath. I passed in back of him. I reached for the far door. Stop! Captain Nemo arose and came straight towards me. I slammed the heavy door, bolted it, and ran to meet Ned. Professor, is that you? Yes, yes, let's go! Aye, sir, we have surfaced today gone fresh air. They're coming after us! Quick, up on deck! Come on, Professor, hurry! Oh, good heavens! A storm! A storm, nothing. It's a maelstrom. Quick, get on the small boat. Oh, now the waves? We're caught in the maelstrom! We're going down! As they braved the chaotic waves, their fate hung in the balance. The mighty forces of nature seemed to conspire against them, threatening to swell the Nautilus whole. In the face of this pearl, Aranax, Ned, and Kansai, and their small boat fought to break free from the clutches of the maelstrom. In the mysterious submarine, once a vessel of marvel and intrigue, was lost to the unknowable depths. Sir, you're safe, quite safe now. Kansai? The very same, sir. We have Ned, too. He brought us through the storm safely. We're on a fisherman's hut in, on the Lofoten Island, Professor. But, but the, the naturalist. She was caught fair in the middle of it and went down, sir. And it's no better than she deserved, if you ask me. If anyone could survive a storm, Captain Nemo could. At least, I hope so. You hope so? Yes, Ned. After traveling 20,000 leagues under the sea with Nemo, I hope he lives on to conquer his hatred for the world, forget vengeance and his love for the oppressed. As Ecclesiastic questioned 6,000 years ago, that which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I hope that Captain Nemo can find his answer.
As Professor Aranax and his companions found themselves safe on the shore after a harrowing escape attempt, Aranax clung still to the hope that Nemo might find a way to reconcile his hatred for the world and discover a path of redemption. The journey of the Nautilus had come to an end, but the enigma of Captain Nemo and the wonders of the deep sea would remain etched in their memories forever.